a listener production. Welcome to Footy Talk. Liam Flanagan and Ben Dobbin here with you this afternoon. Uh, full disclosure, the full episode of Footy Talk was recorded earlier in the day on Wednesday, June 7th. Now, we've had some breaking news since then, which is why you are hearing from Dobbo and myself right now. Dobbo, the news. Yeah, big news. And if you're a Parramatta supporter, you are really concerned about the future of your side this year. The NRL advised late on Wednesday afternoon that Dylan Brown will be subject to a no-fault stand-down condition under the NRL rules. Now, this is off the back of the New South Wales police charging Dylan Brown with several counts of sexually touch without consent following an incident at the Sheaf Hotel in Double Bay on the 3rd of June. Now, the decision by the NRL, and this is what they've said in their statement, is no way to be interpreted as a view on the innocence or the guilt of players. Now, this is off the back of he was named on Tuesday as part of Parramatta's side to take on the Bulldogs on on the June long weekend. Um, That game you'll hear on Triple M. But for Parramatta now, I am very, very concerned about their season. To me... And, like, when you look at where they're positioned at the moment, they have a very tough run home. They've only had five wins for the season. They sit on 15 points. And without their chief playmaker, they are in real trouble. Well, you'd say Dylan Brown's probably been their, if not their best player, top three best player this season so far. When he's played well, they've played well. And you're right, Dobbo, they've gone into the bye. They're coming off the back of a bye with two wins, a good win over the Bunnies and another good win over the Cowboys. And what makes it really difficult is that they're coming into a patch of games with those teams around them that are also going to be fighting for those spots in the eight. Uh, They've got the Dogs this weekend. You mentioned then it's Manly, then it's the Dolphins, then it's the Warriors, then it's the Titans, then it's the Cowboys. Those are games that Parramatta at their best should be winning. Sure. And they're going to have to do it without a 5-8. This is, of course, a team that was in the grand final last year. What do you think the team structure will look like now? Well, Bryce Cartwright's obviously there, but my gut says that, and remember, they lost Jake Arthur to Manly. So normally they could have shifted Moses and Arthur on and that could have been the halves. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see their number one and their captain, Clint Gutherson, play Move in the six, six jersey. And, and, and that's genuine... I understand that that they are going to be now trying to work out, but for me this week it's, it needs to be quick and it needs to be obviously a fix, and I don't necessarily know if they've got the answers right there. Cartwright can play there, um, Bryce Cartwright, but I don't necessarily know if that's the answer. MG has long suggested that Gutho should move to six, and, and even back then his suggestion was putting Dylan Brown into fullback because this is when they were trying to unlock Dylan Brown. We've obviously seen a bit more of him play um, in the halves now. But, yeah, Gutho in the 5'8 could be a solution and then maybe uh, a Penasini or a Simonson or one of those winger types going to fullback. But it's a problem that Brad Arthur now has to solve. And, yeah, you mentioned Jake Arthur. What about the timing on that one? Yeah, unbelievable. So the run home over the next – and you would say next six weeks, and as you talked about – so. Monday they take on the Dogs. Yep. Okay, that game's not a line ball. The Manly Para game at Combank, uh, 5.30 Saturday, difficult. The Dolphins, difficult. The Warriors, difficult. The Titans, well, they'd expect to win that. Then they've got the Cowboys, Melbourne Storm, Dragons, Broncos, Roosters, Penrith. Gets real hard from round 22 They don't make on. the eight. They don't make the eight. And wouldn't that be a fall from grace off the back of this? When was the last time a grand finalist didn't make the finals? I don't know. I'm not going to go to the history books, but last year, what a run they had. And I I think you can give them the scrub. All right. Well, sit back and enjoy the rest of Footy Talk. Okay, here we go. 
He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Juno's edition out of Peacock here. Dave Riccio, what's coming up? We will dissect the Dragons. Adam, we love looking at the Saints. Who's going to coach them? Let's find out. Well, that's a big question. Danny, yourself? Dealing with Freddie Fittler and the Blues management during tricky times. Oh, and earthing. Here we go. Footy Talk, Juno's edition. Adam Peacock alongside Danny Widler from Nine News and the Sun Herald. Danny. G'day, Adam. Great to be here. I bet it is. And Dave Riccio from the Daily and Sunday Telegraph and NRL 360 and anywhere else? Uh, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters, Adam. I am here for you. And the Cronulla Shucks. No, no, you're unbiased, I'm here. of course. Deputy yeah. Chairman. Please. That's, <laughs> that role's taken. <laughs> deputy, Deputy Chairman. <laughs> Good to see you, gents. We won't start with the Sharks because they're boring. They're, they're settled. They're, um, you know, their footy side's not going as well as last season, but they're going okay as a, as mm. a club as a whole. Unlike their neighbours, the Dragons, who, I don't know, they where are they with their coaching search at the moment, guys? What's the latest? They've obviously got contenders in mind and they've got to work out who's going to be palatable to the whole club. At the moment, Dean Young got support from the St. George side of the board. I think there's a renewed push on for Shane Flanagan. The problem for Flanagan is the same one that's been for a while now is Peter Doust, one of the board members, isn't really keen on him. Uh, I've tried several times to speak to Peter Doust about why he doesn't really want Shane Flanagan and I can't get an answer. Mm. I text him and he just says, speak to the Dragons. So... You know, you can't, I can't really get anything out of him. But I wrote in my column on the weekend that um, there's a, I wouldn't call it a campaign, but there's an effort to try and speak to Douse by some influential, influential St. George people to try and change their his view on the Flanagan situation. Now, Flanagan's come out and said that he's interested in the job, mm. uh, that his agent has talked to the Dragons. But interestingly, he said he doesn't really want to be part of the process where he has to try and prove himself? Is that is that how you understand it, David? Yeah, Dan, I've, I read it as this, right? Shane Flanagan's an experienced enough coach. He's got enough uh, runs on the board as far as his resume is concerned to not get into this three-way tug-of-war for the Dragons coach. Ben Hornby job. is the other one. With ben him. Hornby yeah, is yeah. The, the third coach I'm referring to. So I can understand where Shane's coming from. Dragons need to just work out what they stand for, what they want the club to look like and who they want, and just go get him. This whole I tried that. Yeah, they did. I think I think he's enjoying his time at Manly. I think he he's really uh, lo- loves working with those mm. that playing group. Enjoys the company of Seabold. I understand he's on a pretty good wicket. Mm. Lovely place of the wor- in the there world. You it's just, there you go. There you go. It's just paradise. So <laughs> I, I would I would think to your point, he may say that if he's sitting there, right. si- sitting around with no job. But I, I think if he. If Saints go in another direction, I don't think he's going to be sitting there slitting his wrist. Do you, do, you, oh, do you think he's worried he could miss out? Is that what, why he's saying it? No, no. I, for, for the exact point I just yeah, said, okay. I just think he's 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 got a job and it's a good job. But the perception is that I, I feel when I hear that, I feel like he's putting himself above. Well, so he should. He's done more than Ben Hornby and Dean Young. Yeah. So. Do you think it's okay to say, well, you – I think he's even said that he's got questions for them, which is fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. But I think he's also got to be open to being asked questions. And I think he said that too. Yeah. I think the key in all of it as well from whoever's going to be next, they probably need to know why. What was through the eyes of Jason Riles, what he saw, that 
made his appetite diminish somewhat for taking that role. And no doubt it has, even though he's landed on his feet with a great gig down in Melbourne. But surely he's seen something, and I don't know if it's been widely reported so, or a so little bit reported. I think there's two differences here. I think Jason Rolls is a rookie coach who needs all the help he can get as far as backroom staff and GM of footy recruitment role yeah. support in starting his coaching journey, where Shane Flanagan has done that all that before mm. as far as understanding how a salary cap works. But what recruit, did Ryle Helping see? recruit. What did Ryle see that he didn't like? Because he's a rookie coach and yeah. doesn't have the nous yet. Okay. And the experience to... So they weren't prepared to give him the I think they so were. Go, I think they were going to give him support. I think he was going to get support. But so. they just couldn't tell him who, Dan. Right. They couldn't tell him who and what, what it looked like. And fans may not know this, but head coaches, when they walk into a footy club, it's not just about the witches' hats and, and whiteboard set plays up on the wall. They get pushed and pulled in every direction, from the marketing department, mm. from the board, the CEO... Uh, recruitment, uh, media obligations. If you haven't got a club set up mm. as a rookie coach, that's a very, very daunting process. Mm. And that's, Adam, your question about why he didn't do it. Well, the Dragons believe that he was overwhelmed by the the task of coaching a, a club that big. Yep. The Riles camp is saying, and they've been saying for some time, that it wasn't the job for him in the end, um, that he sees himself as a – 10 to 20-year coach, mm. and I guess there was a there was a risk that all of a sudden he's at the Dragons, they're nosediving again. Where does he go? So they went on a couple of dates and they worked out they had no chemistry. Pretty much. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Back on Tinder, the, the Dragons go. <laughs> I think, the answer, I think the, answer for the, the, the answer for the Dragons is both Shane Flanagan and Dean Young. Yeah, and, okay. what I, and what I mean by that is Shane Flanagan comes in for the next three seasons yeah. and Dean Young continues to work with Shane, they have worked previously together. They have a, a really good rapport. They're both defence orientated coaches. But and is, then isn't and then Flano wanting it longer than that? Like he he's not he's not that old, Flano. I think I think if you set up a structure, right? And, and this is so pivotal for St. George Illawarra to sell a story and a plan and a vision to mm. their fans and members and major sponsors who are walking out the door. Yeah. Because even the one named the after the club. Then like it or not, the whether we believe in it or not, the reason we've backed off the Tigers is because they've actually come out with a bit of a vision for the club. Mm. And, okay, Tim And they've won a few games. And Tim, yep, and that helps. But that might be a byproduct of stability mm. and where the club's heading. Players know where the club's heading. But for St. George Illawarra, Shane immediately, with Dean Young to take over in the next two to three years, that's a five- to seven-year plan that you can sell and recruit mm. other players. How old's Flanagan? Early 50s. I reckon he'd want to – if he's going to get a gig, I reckon well, he'd want to, to say go he doesn't years. Move, what's to say he doesn't move into another role within the club once Dean takes over? Mm. I've got problems in a wider sense, in whatever sport it is, of someone going in with a fixed term. Like, oh, you're going to be the coach for three years and then we're going to transition. Like, I can understand it oh, yeah. at the stage that Tim Sheens is at in life. Or Wayne Bennett. Or Wayne Bennett. So your example would be Saints, you know, they make the finals, finals, win the comp in that third year, and then you've got to move the coach well, on. With the greatest mm. example is actually in another code in AFL with Collingwood, with Mick Malthouse, and he got he got told, oh, Nathan Buckley's taken – Mick Malthouse could have won the grand final by 150 points. Mm. He was moving on, and to yeah, me it was point. like yeah. – and Mick ended up getting the the irrits, and it just was totally destabilizing, yep. even though they thought it was going to be a way to connect the club properly, mm. but – who knows? I yeah. mean, the Dragons need something, don't they? Let's be honest. Oh, I just they think need a circuit breaker. Yeah, well, look, I think I think both Shane Flanagan and Dean Young buy credibility. Hmm. Why are we discounting Ben Hornby? Oh, no, hey, yeah, I agree. 
wouldn't would wouldn't argue there as well. I'm only suggesting Dean because you you touched on it. He's mm. got the support of the St George mm, does, yeah. influence down there. Knows the club. And Dean's gone away from Saints as has been, mm. and 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 continued to work on his craft. And there was always a suggestion when Dean did leave, remembering he won that role to fill the fill the uh, void of Paul McGregor. His interim for a while. Interim. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was always a lot of background chatter mm. that if you go away. You'll be the first one we, rec- mm. we 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 think of when when it's time to come back. What is it with the obsession with the Dragons and former club members or players or people have had a connection with the club? Well, I mean, they were a rich club with a club with a rich history. Mm. Yeah, but the most success they've had recently was Wayne, mm. who had zero history. And get, you know what Wayne did when he got there? He told management and the board, "You guys stay. You guys stay in uh, <laughs> stay at Cogra." Yeah. And we'll just operate down in Wollongong and I'll ring you when I need something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, could, I guess Flano, if he was going to get it, he'd have to do something similar, wouldn't yeah. he? Because, and he's got, given he's won a premiership and he's an experienced coach, yep. they're, they're, I think they're scared now of the rookie coach, aren't they? That's, that's the feeling I'm getting. Well, Dan, you've just touched on the reason why Shane might be saying, if you want me, come and get me, mm. and being a little bit bullish about it, like Wayne may have been back then, it's very similar. When when you've got runs on the board and experience in head coaching land, you've got you've got credit. Why aren't we talking about Des? I mean, is he Des Hasler? Is he totally? Is it not a job for him? Or because I mean, he he's a very similar bullish, pig-headed, mm, yeah. my way or the highway. Yeah. You know, I'm going to run this. Oh, club. he'd rip apart the joint, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just a matter of what it looks like at the end of it. Yeah. That's probably the fear yeah. factor, right? Okay. Okay. Yep. Oh, well, they've missed out on Ange Postacoglu. He's yeah. signed the <laughs> top. Oh, that, was, that was a good scoop you got there, mate. Yeah, it wasn't hey. my scoop, but it was all over London. But um, <laughs> by the way, what are NRL coaches' top ones paid? Two mil? Oh, no, 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 no. One four. One, one four. One. Bellamy be a one four one five. Okay. Yeah. yeah, a bit more maybe. One eight. One eight okay. for oh. oh. producer Charlie's in the know over there. Okay. Yeah, Ange. 15 to 18 million a year. Wow. Uh, Yeesh. Yeah, good. Anyway, talking of coaches, Freddie, mm. New South Wales. So everyone's just picked a party selection policy and his coaching ability over the last week. Yeah. But I don't know, if, was it a feeling in camp that he views the New South Wales media, you lot, with your sky yeah. blue on today and your navy blue in yeah. reference to what they wore in Adelaide, Double Danny? blue. Yeah. Freddie's in the media, isn't he? <laughs> Work with him. <laughs> so does the New South Wales media treat and judge and cover New South Wales differently to our kind friends north of the Tweed? That's the perception. I think I don't think uh, Freddie or Greg Alexander are, are going to come out and say that directly, but I, I feel they have a – a strong feeling that the New South Wales media go hard on them, uh, whereas the Queensland media doesn't go as hard on the Queensland setup. And look, maybe there's, I think there's a lot more media, obviously, Sydney, New South Wales. Um, there are a lot more shows based here with mm-hmm. strong personalities, whether it be print, electronic journos, and also former players. And, you know, so I feel like they, they don't feel, supported in what they do. I, I spoke to Freddie the other day about how everyone's got an opinion on the halfback and everyone's, you know, talkback callers uh, having their say on things. And he said, ah, yeah, and on the coach. So he knows that, oh, you yeah. know, people are – Walls are closed. Well, yeah, pe- people are having opinions on him. And mm. I, I guess he knows he's got to win. And for me, because I, I work for Channel 9, uh, where Freddie is – a colleague of mm. mine and 
I don't get any favours out of Brad Fittler. Uh, I can ask him for an interview like anybody else. But, like, for instance, when I, I got the story last week about Latrell, and I wanted to make sure that it was right that he was out and I texted Freddie and he didn't say, yeah, you're right. He, his reply to me was, who told you that? So he wasn't happy right? because at that point, Latrell hadn't told the team. So he wasn't happy that somehow the information had got out. Where'd you get it, Danny? Who told you that? Regardless, right? <laughs> I, I don't get, I don't get favors, but yeah, I yeah. also feel it's, I have to be very respectful to Brad and Billy for that matter as well, because they are colleagues of mine. But you're not face to face with Billy in camp. You guys are no, covering I'm face, I'm face to face with Brad. And same with you, Dave. And yeah, also, but absolutely. I'm equally respectful to Greg Alexander, who works for Fox. Yeah. So yeah. it is. It's not an easy situation, but it is a situation. I've got to say, I've got to give Freddie a rap. I love the. I think he's been quite open and frank about the lay of the land for, as far as his own future is concerned. Like he began. Before game one, he came out and declared that he admitted some of his selections were gambles and that he was rolling the dice mm-hmm. and he was playing with his own future. I think I think we got a pretty we've had a pretty frank and honest Freddie this camp. Uh sorry, going into Origin One. Do you do you get that same sense that I get that I, I think it's a byproduct of everything you just said. There is absolutely more media in Sydney. And everyone's looking for a different angle. Everyone's looking for a different angle. Yeah. And there are There's more, more shows. There's more d- talk back. There's more dissection of team selections with New South Wales as a byproduct of them losing last year's series. You follow things probably more closely than I do when it comes to Queensland because you'd probably do a bit more stuff there. Was there a – like I think Kalen Ponga, he was player of the match in game three mm. last year. Was there a backlash at all towards Billy and Queensland for leaving him out? Of, of game one or, or did it just pass by because Reese Walsh is such a nice story? Yeah, I think I think the latter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was grilled enough. I think Billy has credibility also being a former fullback, mm-hmm. Danny. Like, yeah. uh, who are we to question one of the greatest fullbacks ever? Mm. I wouldn't say that the Queensland journos don't go hard on their own. And, oh, I've seen them tear people apart. Where was yeah, it? The, exactly. the, the late, great Paul Green when yeah. they lost that series a few years ago. Um, it wasn't exactly complimentary of his coaching abilities no. and the way that the squad went when they got ripped apart in Townsville. It's spot on. Absolutely spot on. And 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 I know that caused a lot of pain at that time and, mm. um, and, they and went, they went, fractured some relationships with the media and the Queensland origin team. But even in Clubland, they went hard at Seabold too, didn't they? Remember? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, they do. They can go hard. But when it comes to this, this state team, I don't know whether – I don't know whether we're going too hard on on New South Wales. Well, the Wales. Blues lost last year's series. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? And and they they went in favourites well, in the, game one. The worst was probably the hardest thing for I guess for Freddie and his crew was when you know what Bulldog Richie said that you know it was the worst Queensland yes. team ever, right? When they lost that series, mm. that that was damaging, mm. and they've been sort of trying to rebound ever since. So. Yeah, it's it is it's not easy covering a team because we spend a lot of time with them, uh, and we're we're in their company a lot. As you know, you're yeah. going to camp with them, and, yeah. and those sort. Of, as do I. Yeah. Does Bulldog regret that comment? By the way, no way. No, I don't think so at all. Dennis, Dennis the Bullfrog. <laughs> no way. No way. He stayed stand he, by. Yeah, he died out on it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's 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 what state of origin brings. Yeah, it's an opinion. It's passion, an opinion. Well, Gal backed it up. Gal, Gal said the same thing. And I said he did. Gal did back him up. And <laughs> and this is what I was saying about Freddie. Freddie understands the state of origin is just an absolute free for all. That's 
on it's, a sizz, it's a sizzler buffet of, <laughs> yeah. of options. Don't think he loves it though, the fact that New South Wales media goes as hard as we do. But but that's a bot. How many journos are in Sydney? I know. I'm, just, know? I'm just saying that's the feeling I get. Anyway, it all turns around if we beat Queensland up there. And how are we going to do it? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure because there's an injury crisis and we're going to take a short break and talk about that. Also, Luke Brooks, how good's he going? Even though the Tigers got beaten by Canberra last uh, last weekend, all of a sudden they want to re-sign him apparently. Back in a sec. <laughs> Gents, Luke Brooks, flavour of the month all of a sudden. He certainly wasn't the flavour of the month in uh, March or most of the months last year, but it's, it's great to see and... I've got to take on the way he plays footy and um, his speed, and now they're utilising his his quickness off the mark with a What's bit of a take? running. I'm game. interested. What do you? What's what do you... Take? I've long thought that he's a running player, mm. and you, you talk to the guys who played with him or against him, and they say he is so quick mm. off the mark for some reason or whatever. He's been known as this ball player who can't quite get things right in the big moments, but now when he sees a moment, he's obviously been encouraged by that coaching staff at West Tigers to put his foot down and he's causing all kinds of damage. And obviously the first 68 minutes against Canberra was a bit of a stinker for the Tigers mm. at Campbelltown, but bang, he, he gets, he takes off. It's all manifested in itself about his future in a positive way for Luke Brooks, which is encouraging for him. Yeah. I, Where's it going to fall? I, I was, so when this, when Tim Sheens came out a couple of weeks ago and said that we're going to keep Luke Brooks, I think that caught a few people at the Tigers by surprise. That's, that's the mail I was getting that, all of a sudden the, the the head coach says that. I don't know whether they're all prepared for him to say that, but it, it is transpiring now that they've made him, I think they've made him an offer of what, 500 a year or yeah. something? Yeah, two-year um, offer. Two-year. 500 a year. Which is half, in total. half of what he's on. Yeah, I've got or, to say, if you can get a half back for 500,000 starting you're half doing back okay. at, and, and with that many games of experience, that's pretty good salary cap management. But do you want him? Do you want if you're a tiger? Do He's you, going well enough. You want him? Uh, well, and and What's the alternative? and alternatively, the alternative, yeah. what they, are the options? Have they got anyone That's coming right. through? I don't know. That's yeah. the absolute key. That's yeah. the only key. So that gives them like uh, the spine, right? So they've got Appy would be on a fair whack. Yep. Brooks would be cheap. Dewey would be okay. Way yep. when he comes yep. if he comes back. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who and then Jerome Buller at the back. He'll, you know, he, he'll command money. Yeah. So it's it's pretty good. They're slowly turning the wheel mm. in that basket case salary cap that it was at the Tigers. Mm. And if they can keep a halfback, as I said, of his calibre for 500K a season, I say yes. It's a cheap spine all of a sudden, isn't it? Yeah. Does Brooks take that though? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Does he try and drive it up a bit knowing that they need him? So I heard a whisper. Uh, so for a while the Raiders were looking at Brooks a couple of years ago and I just – I persistently ask them because they, they haven't got Jack White and, and, you know. In your wonderful way that you do that, Danny. <laughs> I just annoy people, Persistence, yeah. yep. And I asked them uh, in the last week and they said they are re-looking. Uh, they've got to watch on him again. Mm. So maybe that's why we're seeing an offer coming through. Yep, um, yep. And he wouldn't be terrible for Canberra. No. I mean, they've got a very good halfback, I think. Mm. And uh, Fogarty's a good organising yep, sort of yep. player. So I don't know whether they – that's not saying they're making a play for him, yeah. but they've renewed some interest there. And I have noticed that the Tigers are now telling a few of their players, uh, the North Lumas, the Bloors, Bloor, yeah. Dane Laurie. And let Joe off hang out. Yeah. And they were, so they're obviously – they're reshaping things mm. with a view that – I mean, if they get a cheap halfback, all of a sudden they can yep. they can really have a crack at a couple of players. And if 
if Benji, you know, as, as we know, is he's a future coach, he's got a huge appeal. Um, mm. I mean, growing up I, well, as a journal, one of the questions I'd always ask is who of a young player coming through, who's your favourite player? Mm. The number of players who admire Benji Marshall and mm. say he's the, the player they grew up idolising, I'd say it'd be 70%. I'm talking forwards and backs. Mm. We underestimate the impact of Benji. Mm. And maybe that's why, you know, he can keep Brooks cheap and, you know, attract a few other players. Yep. yep. No one says Robbie Farah. Poor old Robbie. <laughs> left, alone, left alone in this conversation. Scoreboard it? like likes yeah. nothing like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Hey, back to the Blues, guys. Injury crisis with the Blues. Now there's murmurs there in clubland, I'm hearing, that they're not overly pumped about how the players physically prepared for Origin 1. Tell and, us more. Well, Tell us more about you, these murmurs. You, the, the murmurs are there because players are going down left, right and centre with soft tissue injuries. Mm. Now, from a guy that was in Adelaide, I wasn't actually in Adelaide, but a guy who walked across the field, he said it was pretty hard underfoot. So, you know, that it might be a, a byproduct of that, an intense game of footy, and you're playing on a really hard surface a couple of days later, things start to happen with yeah. muscles. But Latrell did it pre. So, like, there's no scientific proof that that is the case. Mm but that is the perception mm. out there. What is the reality, though, of that perception well, the, is that some reality, of the New South Wales best players are struggling for game two. Right now, there's a there's a major problem for New South Wales. I mean, Latrell, I was at South training yesterday. He wasn't out on the field. Mm. He was in apparently in the gym. I couldn't see him, but he apparently was in the gym. Cam Murray, in the gym, not out in the field. Uh, I, I just put something out on Twitter uh, that a contender for the Blues, Cody Walker, is. Uh, tweaked his quad mm-hmm. uh, today. Uh, didn't finish training, but Souths are saying he's okay. So there are some real worries in the build-up. And I, I Souths were saying that Latrell might be able to run in the next couple of days. Well, he's going. I think he's going to have to. I think because he's missed a, a bit of footy and hasn't been part of that Blues squad. I, I feel like we're going to need to see him move. And 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 Cam Murray before they're selected, they're going to need to be training fully, aren't they? Yeah, I think so on the basis of that the, the Blues can't afford a uh, a circus mm-hmm. on day one of training. Mm-hmm. And they've already got a shorter week too. They've got a shorter preparation for this because the team is only going to be, because it's the King's birthday, mm-hmm. the team gets named on a Tuesday now instead of the Monday. Hang on. Can't you do it on a public holiday? Well, because there's games. So Parramatta play, uh, Parramatta play Canterbury on the – Monday. Monday, Arvo. Uh, you've got, who have you got in there? You've got Tavita. Yeah, Josh Adokar. Josh. And potentially Mitch Moses. Mitch Moses. Junior Borlo. You've got players who are riding. And know, don't forget, and hello, he's on his comeback, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is he, is he playing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I remember the days, though, that they used to name the Origin side half an hour after that Sunday game. Yeah, that's John right. Grant. Yeah. Named an Australian side, Daly Cherry Evans, Manly Seagulls. Right? Yeah. 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 He got what, the names what, right that no, week, yeah. did he? No, no, no. No, it was the year <laughs> no. that he's a man of oh, yeah, goals. Yeah. What do you call No, the Cronulla Seagulls. Cronulla Seagulls. What yeah, was the team? Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks, Seahawks. yeah. <laughs> They're David's team. Yeah. <laughs> One of the great moments of rugby league. Uh, but the, why can't they name the team straight well, up? Apparently they're naming Tuesday. But, I mean, look, you'll probably see players go into camp. They'll and, be told, surely. Any of those Bulldogs or Parramatta players will travel from, I think it's an Accor Stadium game, mm-hmm. will travel straight to Coogee. Straight to the Coogee Bay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they won't have to scrap the bonding night. No, not sure they, <laughs> they don't yeah, exist no, no, anymore. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't oh, they? Yeah, I think oh, that, no, I, maybe. I still think they have a little, yeah. a little go. Not, it's not the, the massive 
This bonding the, actually, I'm, I take that back. It's not the massive bonding session, but they do have a bonding session, and they did in Camp One. They went to the establishment, Adam. Yeah, Jeez, times yeah. change. Were you, were you there for lem- for salsa night? What? Yes, salsa. Why didn't we see pictures it of this? Was, uh, so Tavita Pangai Junior was yeah. doing a pasadoba do as part some, of his. Can we Google initiation? establishment salsa night? I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday nights. <laughs> oh, wow, I, Charlie will know. Yeah, Char- it's probably a regular. Charlie will know, but night. that was the form of bonding to the blues. Now maybe, maybe we can dial it way back. The loss comes down to. Salsa night. Salsa night. Well, that's where the, the heavies <laughs> were. <laughs> you talk about preparation, that's where we lost it. Yeah. However, you, you're right though. If they rock up on that Tuesday and you've got four question marks down that team list, that is a major, major issue. Well, you'll, yeah. have, you'll have David writing stories, blues in crisis and this photo and that photo and that photo and this, you know, showing but, them all hobbling around. But um, in all seriousness, <laughs> uh, all my discussions with South Sydney are that they want to see Latrell and Cameron attempt to run this weekend, either Friday afternoon or Saturday. And I think that's important because then you'll get some greater clarity, not only for the bunnies, but also for everything we said. You can't take Latrell and Cam Murray into camp and hope that by Friday that he's going to be okay. These are important. With Origin, your man Buzz brought it up this week again. He said he, he believes it should be after the season. It's a discussion because... I feel with the growing nature of importance on club football and what these guys are being paid and what they're trying to do with filling stadiums each and every weekend, and they're doing a good job of that. It's going in the right direction, the NRL. That where does Origin sit? Now, can you see a place, shoot me down here, that a club refuses its player to be released for Origin on the basis of a question mark over their physical status? I think the players are mature enough now, and I Mm. think there's an understanding I think there's enough maturity between clubs and players for that not to happen. Mm. For me, what's broken? What What is broken at the moment about State of Origin where it stands? True. It, it, if this is the way it it's is, been It is the most watched television sporting yeah, it rated, event. It rated really well apparently. So in, a, in, a, in Australia? They're, like I don't see the issue. By the, hey, end, but of the, by season, the end of the year, you're going to uh, get to have players going for off-season surgery. And mm. I, I found end of the season, it, it's you're pretty tired and you've, that COVID enough. one in 2020. Just, oh yeah, I just feel like we've had enough. I went to that the, the Adelaide game. How'd you get in? In November. Yeah, and it, it was dead. Yeah. It was flat. It was dead. Mm. Yeah, I, and I just feel like this is this is peak football time, mm. peak rugby league time. Player now. Yeah, it's a difficult one because you look at it from outside looking in. You go, hang on a minute. What other competition in the world? takes away for eight weeks a yeah. year yep. its best Understand. 34 <clears throat> players out of its competition to go and do something else. I also don't mind, eyeballs and, I don't mind seeing some young blokes come through, uh, yeah. different guys getting opportunity. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel leave it leave it here. Righto. Snap poll at the end of this. We probably know that Queensland are going to win game two up on their home track. 50,000 bloody uh, Queenslanders going nuts. Don't talk to me. About Back page of the Blues will win the next day. Blues will win. Oh, you're confident. That's great yeah. to hear. But should – the opposite happened, David. You brought up this point. Mm. The Shield, should they get it game two? I believe yes. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Yeah. Look, uh, as I said, I think New South Wales will win. However, <laughs> however. As a contingency. Speaking like a bloke who's about to be in Blues camp for a week. If Queensland win in Brisbane yep. and wrap up this series, I have no idea, no clue, no other suggestion for why the NRL would not give them the shield there and then. I wish I could argue with you, but I can't. Just give them the shield. Unanimous. 
Yeah. I mean, like, unbelievable. Hopefully, we won't be seeing that, but it would. It just makes sense, doesn't no, it? Doesn't it? In, in this game, in this day and age, where you know we're can-do people in the Peter Volandis era, and we'd like to pivot at any moment, pivot, give yeah. them the shield if they win. Let Daily Cherry Evans hold it up in front of people who actually care, absolutely, instead of people who are scurrying for the exit. Thinking how bad was that? And, you know, we 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 were two 0 down. We won the last game in Sydney. In Sydney, yeah, it means nothing to anyone really. Yep. Um, I'd have the players run past it on the way out for game two. It's like here, this is on the line. Yeah, oh, I love that idea. Yeah, mm. great idea. Do it. It's weird not to. Mm. That's what I reckon. It's weird. It's a weird vibe if you've got. And, and then at the end of it, after game three, they can give the Wally Lewis medal to Billy Slater again. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't yeah. talked about the halfback at all. Yeah. Well. I, I don't understand how you can have quick vote then. Yeah, yeah I don't. Nico Hines for me, right? Nico. I don't understand how you you he has been part of the extended blue squads for a number of series now. He's then the fourteenth man, mm. right, on the bench. Everybody knows he's the next halfback in line. They used him as an, a utility, which well, I questioned at the time anyway. But he, everyone knows he's the next halfback. If a halfback goes down, now a halfback's gone down. We're looking at another mm. option. What's the fear? Do you feel? Lack of experience. Is it defensive? Is it big game? I think he's a good defensive. He missed is a tackle it, on Munster, right? To be fair, Adam, no one at the Blues have dis, have declared a fee. Mm. It's everyone. It's all of us dissecting the topic. Yeah. No, neither has Freddie or Brandy declared that we're looking at other options. So the the I guess the feeling is that Cronulla and maybe to a lesser extent Nico haven't beaten the top teams. Mm. Maybe that's what is coming back. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking I'd like Nico there as well, yeah, as halfback. But I'm saying maybe this is the concern. The other concern is rookie halfback coach, huge uh, game. Coach needs to win. Huge game. Fifty thousand mm. mad Queenslanders. Huge pressure, pressure situation. But I, I believe that Nico is made of the right stuff, um, and that he's been through a hell of a lot in his mm. life. And coming up in a football game where He's got the whole state wanting him, behind him, wanting him to win. Would be a situation yeah. he can handle. I was talking to Dale Finucane in the green room at three sixty last night, and Dale obviously knows Nico well from both Sharks and Melbourne Storm days. And Dale said he's a lot of questions around the going to the cauldron to save the series and whether Nico would handle it. Mm. And Dale said he's by far and away the most mentally strong yeah. player that he's come across. And the work that he does in his mind space in preparing for a game is like off the charts Mm. compared to other players. So I turned up at a – when the the Sharks were having the Paul Green uh, honouring with the family, I turned up to interview Amanda Green and it was at Shark Park several hours before the game. Probably, yeah, there was one person, one player out in the field. This is hours before the kickoff. Like I'm talking midday, 1 o'clock, visualising – Practicing kicking, mm. Nico Nico does this regularly. Apparently, he turns up early if he can get to a field, and will practice things he's going to do on the night. Mm. So he's doing things mentally to prepare himself for any situation. Now, you you were in the dressing room after mm. he was distraught after that game, after game um, one in Adelaide. Nico, he was the most I think out of all the players, he took it. No, he was the yeah. hardest. Out because of, of the tackle, because he got twelve minutes. Because might lost. have been. I don't. I don't know because I, co- I couldn't get to speak to him. Yeah. Uh, did you get? I to- spoke to him. Yeah, and it, it was inconsolable to be honest. Like, I haven't seen a player as destroyed in that in a long time, and I think it was a byproduct of all that. The, he hates losing. 
Absolutely. Hates true. Queensland too. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Hates losing. You know, the tricky role that he had to play. Mm. Well, we talk about going to this cauldron atmosphere and, 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 and wearing the seven on his back. At some point through last week's preparation going into Origin 1, Freddie would have said to him, mate, there's a chance you're going to have to go on at halfback here. Or hooker or halfback. But I'm just saying there, yeah. there was a chance he yeah. was going to run the team. Yeah. What was? So yeah. they've had enough faith in him to say, mate, you, you might get thrown in to run the team here. I don't understand why things change now. How was it? I don't know if you got it out of him. How was his role conveyed to him before the game? What was he there Just for? be ready for anything. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like when, when Nathan had the tooth problem, he was told he's got this tooth issue. You've got to be ready to play halfback. For, it could be from the first minute. It could be the whole game. It could be nothing at all. Like he was told that he's, he's he was a Mr. Fix-It. Mm. And unfortunately, he had a bad moment, which any player can do against Cameron Munster. There is no way that the Blues' loss should be pinpointed on Nico Hines. Well, on his inside defender as well, mm. who also missed the tackle. Mm. Was it Nathan? Nathan, sure. came, Nathan came forward on the line and tried to put pressure on and then, yeah. Was disjointed. Carnage. Anyway, uh, you talk me into Nico to the point where I still think Mitchell Moses should be the half. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Gus said that and Gus usually knows stuff. Well, the way I look at it, I don't think New South Wales can go much wrong. with who. It, it's not like, oh, wow. They've got good options, haven't they? Three really yeah. solid Adam Reynolds. options. I think Reynolds sounds like he's number three in those options at the moment. Not sure. And Nico's number one, so. Yeah. I can't get any mail out of free. Oh. No, no, I think this one will go down. This this one will be kept in-house right up until you'll team, get it. You'll team get selection. It. You'll get it, David. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. I've got confidence in you. Thanks, mate. Look forward to seeing who fronts up with it on the weekend. Uh, gents, <laughs> that's us for this week, Footy Talk, Jono's edition. Have a good week. Good to be here. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Enjoy your footy, everyone.